Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon, I'm Hong Bin Jung. This week, we've seen a lot happening with Singapore's GDP numbers kicking off the week and, of course, the long-awaited Valentine's Day gift from Finance Minister and Deputy Prime Minister Mr. Lawrence Wong, the Budget 2023 announcement. So how did the STI perform this week amid this backdrop? Who were the biggest movers? To give us a market wrap of the week, we have Candice Lee, who's a research analyst from the SGX on the line. Candice! Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Hongbin. Thanks for having me. Hi. Okay, so let's start off with the STI. It opened lower today. How did the STI perform this week? Mm. Yes, indeed. Yeah, um, STI opened slightly lower today because of the weaker than expected um, export figures that mm. came out over the morning. But over the morning, um, until now, we did see it go back up a little bit. So it's up 14.5 to 14.6 points mm. uh, from yesterday. Um, if you look back at the first four sessions of the week, SDI declined about 1.5% in price returns. Mm-hmm. It did hit a high uh, on Monday at 3,367 levels, mm. but retreated on Tuesday along with global markets. And this was on news of slower than expected easing of the US headline inflation. Okay. Um, on Wednesday, yeah, we also saw that it hit another low of 3,277 this week before rebounding to 3,311 levels last night. Mm-hmm. But in terms of just fund flows, institutional fund flows in Singapore, we saw net uh, fund outflows of $280 million this week. This was reversing from net inflows of $100 million recorded mm-hmm. last week. Um, just for context, this is for the period of the past five sessions through to 15th of February, which is Wednesday. Yeah, the broad market drivers to see exactly like what you said, um, Valentine's Day gift from the finance mm-hmm. minister. But aside from that, there's also the US economic data. Right. So as I said, right, the global markets did retreat at the start of the week because of the inflation data. Mm-hmm. Um, it was slower, it was it grew at a slower uh, pace and, and, and eased off at a slower pace mm-hmm. um, than expectations. But um, because of a surprisingly strong January retail sales report in the US, mm-hmm. markets rebounded um, after that. So the US retail sales, it surged 3% in January after mm-hmm. two straight months of contraction. Um, the rebound was mainly driven by purchases of motor vehicles and other goods. And this pointed to US economies' continued resilience despite higher borrowing costs. Okay. For context, yeah, just for a bit of context, right? Consumer yeah. spending makes up close to 70% of GDP in the US. And that actually translates to 17% of global GDP. So mm-hmm. really significant numbers. So therefore, when U.S. retail sales comes in above expectations, there will be, and we have seen, global stock market reactions mm. across the globe this week. Um, and to note, the retail sales um, this January was also the strongest year-on-year growth since March 2021. Mm-hmm. And it also helped the case for a potential soft lending um, for the U.S. economy um, this year. Okay, okay. So who would you say were the biggest movers this week? Singtel seemed to be, you know, have been one of the top most actively traded counters in terms of volume this week, if I'm not wrong? Yes, indeed. So in terms of just price performance first, um, Mm -hmm. the best performance this year in the SDI were Yang Sujang Shipbuilding, DCV and Maple Tree Industrial Trust. On the other hand, um, the list performance we've seen um, in Thai Best Sets and the Freezer Logistics commercial trust. Mm. But indeed, Singtel is one of the most active stocks this week, uh, I think alongside 
Thai bags and the city mm-hmm. feet. Singtel, in terms of price, came down 2% in the first four sessions this week, and this was on the back of a close to 8 million um, net institutional outflows. Mm-hmm. But we've seen close to 20 million shares changing hands uh, of the Singtel stock this week. Okay. Um, in terms of the drivers, um, the news that came out on Singtel this week is its third quarter business update mm-hmm. that came yesterday. Uh, the stock's operating revenue declined 5%, because of the absence of contributions from its divested subsidiary of Mobi. Mm-hmm. And this um, seems the declines in the Australian dollar okay. of FX. Yeah. But on a segmental basis, um, Optus uh, operating revenue for that segment increased 4.4%. And this was on the back of a growth in both the mobile as well as fixed business lines. Mm. Um, despite this, right, uh, if you recall recently last year, they did have a cyber attack. Uh, they did have a breach of personal information of a number of customers. But even so, operating revenue did increase um, overall. Okay. For the other segments, um, Singapore consumer segment, it also grew 3% year on year mm. because of strong roaming recovery because of travel um, coming back. But of course, it was partially offset by lower pay TV revenue and um, lower mobile equipment sales. Mm. Also worth highlighting in terms of um, you know, Singtel's uh, uh, reports, right? Um, the business update is subsidiary NCS achieved really strong revenue growth of 21%. Um, this was propelled by broad-based growth across key lines of business, mm. um, some contributions from some of its subsidiaries that it acquired last year. Okay. And, you know, after a year since the proposal to merge offshore and marine giants Keppel, O&M and Sepcorp Marine, the motion took a big step forward this week. How is this likely to impact the sector? Yeah, indeed, it took a while for the, for the merger, but that is, is underway now. Yeah, mm-hmm. So with the merger, these two companies, they are slated to form one of the world's actually largest offshore okay. energy engineering companies. The order book is going to be close to $20 billion. Um, this will also create a stronger global player that can have a bigger part in the energy transition um, arena. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, especially with the backdrop of higher oil prices, gas prices, and also a renewed concern of energy security because of geopolitical tension. And of course, um, as mentioned, the acceleration of energy transition into greener, cleaner sources. Mm. We see many offshore players having to consolidate uh, or otherwise just be challenged by the radically changed fundamentals of the business. Mm. So um, if you look back at the um, combined entity, how will they benefit? Um, they will benefit from the skill and synergies from the larger operations, uh, broader geographical footprint, and of course, combined and enhanced capabilities. Mm-hmm. Some areas uh, of our opportunities identified on both sides, right? So, similarly, it identified that the combined entity will be able to focus on building on its existing wings to scale up its footprint in the offshore wind energy space. And also, it's going to invest into new energy sources as well as, you know, continued service provision for floating production systems. On Keppel's side, from their perspective, mm-hmm. with the sale of Keppel O&M, uh, and also in line with its vision 2030, it can now look forward to uh, more stable uh, recurring income and be able to invest into other growth segments from freeing up this balance sheet space. Mm-hmm. Growth areas? It has seen, um, you know, it has identified uh, because of the, the ability to, to invest um, with more um, balance sheet space. 
includes things like um, areas like infrastructure, uh, energy transition projects, real estate, uh, urban renewal, mm. urban renewal projects as well as um, even data centers. Mm-hmm. Let's also talk about the key economic data that kicked off this week in Singapore. Singapore GDP numbers, of course. Any surprises there? Mm. GDP numbers definitely. Um, it was revised down a little bit from January's um, advanced estimate. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the full year 2022 GDP, it grew at 3.6% last year. January's advanced estimate was at 3.8% because the advanced estimates did not take the December data mm-hmm. into account. So if you look at the uh, the fourth quarter, right, the recent three months, GDP grew at three uh, two point one percent year on year, but mm-hmm. still lower than analyst estimates of two point three percent, and also uh, moderating from the four percent expansion we've seen in the third quarter. Um, quoting some of the things that the Ministry of um, Trade Industry has said uh, over the media briefing, it noted that actually Singapore's external demand outlook for this year mm-hmm. has improved slightly since their last. Uh, media briefing in November, and it also expects more contribution from um, segments like air transport and aerospace, um, as well as domestic-oriented sectors. Um, we're looking at accommodations, entertainment, and recreation because of the return in global travels. Uh, but of course, you know there's still quite a bit of uncertainty in the global economy, so that's why MTI still kept its um, 2023 forecast to a range of about 0.5 to 2.5 percent this year. Mm, but you know, yeah, yeah. But GDP, yeah. So sorry. Just you know, aside from uh, GDP, wanted to touch a little bit on the um, export data that came out this week as well as um, this morning. Um, so um, the Nordex it expanded three percent last year because of higher shipments of both non-electronic and electronic products. Um, but still, this was down from a twelve percent growth in twenty twenty one. But um, glad to say that it is still within. Uh, expectations of earlier estimates. Yeah. Okay, okay. And let's move on to one of the biggest Mm -hmm. headlines this week, of course, the budget announcement. How has this year's budget announcement moved markets this week? It looks like S-REITs and property developers took a beating post-announcement. Yeah, one of the key announcements that affected the property and real estate um, segments is the rise right, in buyer stamp duty for uh, higher value residential and as well as non-residential properties. In terms of property developers here in Singapore, we've seen some of the major players, UOL Group, City Development, Coco Land, they declined an average of 2.3% on Wednesday right after the, uh, the uh, budget announcement on Tuesday. Similarly, real estate brokers, Propnex, uh, APEC Reality, they mm-hmm. declined 2.4% and uh, 0.8% respectively over the same day. Mm. Uh, on the other hand, some of the drivers for the sector, perhaps it's the 30,000k uh, additional CPS housing grant for first-timer mm. families. And this could help boost demand for resale flats among these first-timer families. Mm-hmm. If you look at the context for some of the um, the estate brokers, some of their revenue generations, um, APEC Realty derives about a third of its total revenue from HDB resale and rental markets, which also include first-time families. Mm. Um, next, their HTV resale segment is about 14% of their total revenue if you look at their previous report uh, for the for the nine-month period last year. Okay. But, yeah, in terms of, uh, uh, just to explain further, the Business Times mm. interviewed the CEOs of um, Propnex. Uh, 
he did know that uh, he does not expect to change mm-hmm. to protect home sales significantly because the increase in buyer stamp duty should be manageable mm. for those who are buying homes in that price tier anyways. Uh, so if you look at the property developer side, uh, city development, he also noted back um, at the end of November last year that he expects the Singapore property market to mm. be resilient because there's low stock levels and it also highlighted that mm. the economy is recovering and Singapore also has a political um, stability as well as the strength uh, as a financial hub. So mm. he should be seeing sustained interest from not just local buyers but also foreign investors and um, high net worth individuals. Mm-mm. So, okay, so who would you say some of the gainers were from the announcement? And will the impact on markets from the budget announcement be short-lived or are there some long-term implications? Mm. Um, one of the other key announcements and key drivers for, for, for the market this, this uh, week was the additional $150 million that mm. finance minister said that will be added to the SME co-investment mm. fund. Uh, this has the aim of raising another $300 million from right. other investors and it aims to help um, homegrown Singapore companies to expand and for them to bring in international revenue. One of the names that uh, Finance Minister mentioned during the, uh, the session was uh, Morris Holding. Uh, this this company received pre-IPO funding from EDDI, uh, which is the venture arm of Singapore's Economic Development Board. Now, Morris was listed on the exchange back in November 2021, uh, specializes in um, anchor and modern solutions for offshore industry in the oil and gas sector. Um, the company has also since then been capturing more businesses from offshore wind farm customers in Japan and Europe, and it wants to tap on the growth of green energy sectors. So these are some of the um, stories that Minister have shared that have helped companies expand into the international arena. Over Wednesday, right, right after the budget announcement, uh, more than 100,000 shares of more is changed hands. Mm-hmm. So seen significant net retail fund inflows um, during the day as well. Mm-hmm. Aside, you know, yeah, aside from, from more is right, if you look at whether it's short term or long term, of course, price fluctuations might be an immediate reaction to the mm-hmm. announcements this week, but there would definitely be long term impact and benefits from the changes announced. Um, for example, we'll measure the supplements to the SME co investment fund mm-hmm. uh, will bring and will help more companies in Singapore to expand and bring international revenue. Um, enhancements to Singaporeans' uh, families, mm-hmm. uh, also which includes the cushioning of uh, GDP increase as well as the top part of assurance package. This could have a um, longer-term impact as well because mm-hmm. this helps consumers maintain more interactions, uh, more visits to the F&B and retail services. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So... To finally conclude our, you know, interview here today, what should investors look out for next week? Um, next week, quite a lot of things happening. Earnings season is still ongoing. Mm-hmm. We will be expecting um, earnings reports from uh, UOB and OCDC as well, mm-hmm. 23rd and 24th respectively. DBS was the first of the three banks to keep off earnings this week. Right. Um, aside from the banks, there are also close to 30 other stocks that will also be reporting results, including oh, wow. FDI constituents such as um, MCOP Industry, City Development, Capitaland, Venture Corp, SC Engineering. So there's a lot of results coming out. I'm sure the market will be really busy mm-hmm. for that. And we are also expecting Singapore inflation numbers as well, if I'm not wrong? 
yes. Okay. Yep. That will be something that um, will be top of the mind as well, aside from the earnings, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Candice, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We've been speaking with Candice Lee, research analyst from the SGX. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.